0: chief growth officer at Cypress North we're a digital agency in Buffalo New York and you're listening to the agency scoop each episode I'll tackle a specific topic from an agency point of view we're going to talk about what's helping us grow challenges that we face how we're working with our clients and even things that bring us joy Welcome to this month's episode of the Agency Scoop and before I get into the main event which is an interview with Donnie Broxson from Asento Agency, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on with us at Cypress North lately. So I started this podcast to talk about all things agency. My whole career is on the agency side. I've never been to what I like to call the dark side of client, um, client companies. Um, But while some agencies are competitive with one another, I really love networking with other people that work at agencies and talking to them, finding out what works, what doesn't work, sharing with them um, what works, what doesn't work for us, and and really learning from each other. And I think that having a community around agencies is really important. Um, So we're gonna continue to talk about specific topics each month, but I thought that it'd be great to do a segment before the main interview, where we can talk about what's going on with us. Um, And as you've always heard in my intro, we want to talk about things that are helping us grow, how we work with clients, our challenges, and things that bring us joy. So one of the challenges that we've been having lately is with hiring, and this is ongoing. We've been doing great through the pandemic. We've actually grown quite a bit and brought on a few more people. But one of the one of the hard parts is finding the right talent and bringing them in-house. So talent is one of our greatest assets and all of you listening, um, I hope you agree, (laughs) but from an agency standpoint, talent is all we have. We, our ideas, our um, work, what we do is all the results of our people. And so it's, it's super important to us to make sure that we are, hiring correctly, bringing in the right types of people and training them and really providing the best service to our clients. And so in hiring people to do digital marketing specifically, it's been really hard for us because there's not a lot of other agencies right here locally that do performance-based digital marketing. And there's a lot of amazing general full-service agencies that do digital programmatic buying or you know maybe they have one person that does um, performance-based marketing but we're really looking for talent in the area of you know someone that's Google ad certified or has a really um, extensive expertise in HubSpot or other marketing platforms and a lot of times we can't find anyone that has that experience or expertise that we're looking for so with this challenge how have we kept growing well, our marketing team, really, everyone that's been here even five plus years learned from our leader, Greg Finn, but they learned with having no experience whatsoever. We only have a couple people that came in with any kind of SEO or PPC experience. And by training people with no experience from that, you know, that are either still in college or they've just graduated from college, we can really impart that training from a place of like ground zero (laughs) so what we found over the past year that we're hoping to continue to grow is our internship program so we've been seeking out local college students in their junior or senior year and taking on a few interns every semester with the hope that if they do a great job and we like them and they like us that they'll keep working for us and we've actually hired three of our interns over the past few months and every semester we want to evolve this program grow it Um, so we ask our interns for feedback so that we can continue to evolve the program ask them what's working well how are they learning Um, ask them for ways that we could serve them better and ask our people for feedback like how are our interns progressing what else could we be doing better to to teach them more to get them to a certain point faster and so that's really been working well for us and i've been actually reaching out to all of our local colleges to try to gain some relationships with them to to send us their best and brightest which i'm hoping um will turn out well we'll see i'll i'll report back on that in a future episode but um but that's one of the things that you know we're having a challenge with and one of the ways that we're trying to solve it is through you know growing that internship program so i'd love to hear from our listeners um you know you can find us on linkedin at the agency scoop you can tweet at me at the agency scoop but i'd love to hear how you are dealing with the pressures of hiring more talent in today's world where it's hard for every kind of business to hire talent so um i'd love to hear some of your ideas and how you're solving that challenge so on to the main event for today's episode. Um, I had such a great time doing this interview with a dear friend of mine, Donnie Broxon, from Ascento Agency. Um, Donnie brings 25 years of multicultural and international marketing expertise from both the agency side and the client side. He focuses on communication across all segments um, and channels. He's led efforts in a ton of different industries, including retail, energy, financial services, automotive, and healthcare um, in the US and Latin America. So, in 2020, right before the world started to shut down, Donnie was named the CEO of Asento Advertising, which is a premier US cross cultural communication shop with a 40 year history. Um, He's done amazing things to keep this place going, keep growing, keep their culture alive, um, which you'll hear all about in our interview. Besides being this amazing CEO of Asento, he has been a friend of mine for over 15 years. Donnie and his husband, Todd, live in the LA area with their Ever-growing menagerie of animals, and I love to talk to them about all things agency. Get their advice. Um, so Donnie and I talk about our ideas, our challenges, and he is one of my biggest confidants in this agency industry. So, without further ado, here is my interview with Donnie Broxson of Acento Advertising. So, Donnie, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you as my first agency guest on the Agency Scoop. Um, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your agency?
1: All right, thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here with you, Jill. Um, I uh, my name is Donnie Broxon. I'm the CEO of Asento Advertising out in Los Angeles, and we are a cross-cultural agency. We've been around, coming up on 40 years now, uh, with kind of born as a Spanish language Hispanic agency, but along with the community we were speaking to we've evolved to expand into English and as as well into a broader set of segments as kind of recognizing that all the segments have an interplay and they all are living in the same communities. So we've kind of expanded or evolved our perspective to uh, think more broadly than one segment, but with certainly deep roots in Hispanic, it's kind of where our, our, um, our hearts are.
0: Um, and and
1: how long have you been with Asento? <clears throat> yeah, it's hard to say that without giving up giving away my age. But <laughs> I actually just celebrated my tenth anniversary at the agency. Wow. Um, the agency had tends to have very long tenures, um, so I've been with the agency for ten years, coming in from the client side, and uh, but about a year and a half ago, uh, just in time for. A global pandemic and all sorts of other crises, I uh, stepped into the position of CEO. So, wow.
0: no time like the present. You know, <laughs> we take what we can get. Yeah. Well, a little background for our listeners I've known Donnie for probably almost 15 years when he was on the client side before he went to Asento, and they were your agency, right? right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, Asento was the Hispanic agency for me on the client side. So,
0: yeah, and they just couldn't yeah.
1: get enough of you, so they brought you in. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it's a funny story. I, I met with the then CEO of Asanto, uh for breakfast when I had decided to make a move with no intention of going to the agency site at that point. And we got together for breakfast early one morning in West LA, and I said, okay, I'm ready to make a move. And, you know, I trust your perspective. What do you see out there as I'm just starting to wander in? By the end of breakfast, he had convinced me to come to the agency, and so I, um, it, you know, things come to you exactly at the moment when you're ready for them, whether you're looking for them or not. So.
0: Yeah, well, that's great, and I'm sure he, you know, marketers make the best salespeople sometimes. So I'm sure he really <laughs> is like, I know what I'm going to do with this breakfast. I mean, get Daddy to <laughs> come. Yeah, exactly.
1: On <laughs> Yeah, he knew, he knew what he was doing. I had no idea what I'm doing. I, was doing, <laughs> I probably still don't have any idea what I'm doing. So.
0: Oh, no <laughs> way. I have to say, I'm so glad. I mean, I met you so long ago when you were on the client side. We met at a conference years ago. Um, and since you come over to the agency side, you've been one of my biggest confidants. I mean, we've kept in touch all of these years and Donnie is the person that I always go to when I need advice or just want to bounce ideas off of. And, you know, I hope and that I'm that versa. person for you.
1: <laughs> you certainly are. So. You certainly are. Uh, I always think of you first.
0: Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So when I wanted to interview some agencies for the agency Scoop, of course, Donnie was my first thought. Um, And I think that all of our listeners will really get a lot out of this because you just have such a wealth of information to share. So, and so many of us um, like born and bred agency people who have never been on the client side, you know, you bring a little Mm -hmm. bit of a different perspective there. So I'm excited
1: to hear that as well. (laughs) Um, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and share a few things and uh, hopefully these gray hairs that we're seeing fill in and those since we first met have actually brought along some experience and wisdom along the way although (laughs) don't count on it but we'll see what we can pull out
0: okay we'll try we'll try we'll cut out all the bad parts
1: all right thank you thank you yeah you've got someone there ready to bleep me right
0: yes (laughs) of course someone's
1: got the button okay perfect (laughs)
0: Um, so I guess, you know, in general, I, I forgot that you actually took the reins, you know, right before the pandemic happened. Um, but, you know, related to the pandemic or not necessarily related to the pandemic, what's your biggest challenge in managing an agency?
1: Yeah, you know, I think the pandemic provided a lot of opportunities for us to learn and grow. Um, that's the nicest way of saying, uh, to deal with a tough situation, but, There are certain things that I think were heightened during that period. I mean, there are all the challenges of running any business, running a service business, running an agency. And then I would layer onto that, running an agency that focuses on on, uh, multicultural segments has some additional challenges of its own. But I think there's one thing that's really shared across any agency, any business uh, is that, there's a rigor we apply to our work when we're doing something for a client. You know, we have a process, we have a model that we're following. We we go through the steps of uh, developing insights and quality control, et cetera. The um, it's often the case that we're the last ones that we ever put that attention on ourselves. And so, you know, we have uh, we're so busy doing it for others, we don't do it for ourselves. And so it's easy for the your own agency, your own company's positioning to suffer and for your own marketing efforts. And for you know, to, to miss some of those points that under the rigorous microscope of the way you normally run your business for your clients, you would catch and you would take care of and you would develop and you would evolve. So I think for me, that was one of the first things I took on in coming into this position was stepping back and saying, okay, we need to treat ourselves as a client and really look carefully at who we want to be. How do we want to grow? Where? What's the objective we're running toward? And what's going to be the best way to master our resources toward that? Uh, yeah, I grew up the son of a mechanic and it was always the joke that my car was always broken down because ours <laughs> were the last ones that, uh, that we focused on because that was the business. Anytime you spent working on a car it was to make, it was for the business to make money. It's kind of the same thing in agencies and i think with any b- small business but certainly in service related businesses because you you spend your time on billables not on on introspection mm-hmm.
0: that makes so, a lot of sense um, okay. throughout of course, Japan- oh sorry go, go ahead. ahead
1: yeah <laughs> of course through the pandemic I, I think we were heading in the same direction yeah. um you know through the pandemic there were a number of other things i mean we had to make um you have really fast adjustments to a, a shifting situation, and at the same time, try to provide a support to our clients who were going through similar situations, who needed to make quick shifts and pivots and change their communication strategy, revamp their media plan, uh, develop messages in real time. We work with a lot of healthcare clients, so you can imagine that every time the the CDC shifted in bed, we were you know we were right there. Uh, figuring out what it meant and how what to say and what did consumers need to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and doing all of that suddenly, instead of from our offices, from bedrooms and closets and, you know, all sorts of places all over uh, the US. So, yeah, but that's the, I think the, one of the most wonderful things, if we can find the positive out of it, is that that was a, a shared experience across the globe certainly in very similar terms across the industry
0: mm-hmm. and
1: for an industry that's constantly looking for what is that universal insight to drive our messaging, to drive our campaign. When we look back, there's going to be something very universal about the generation that lived through this moment.
0: Yeah, it'll be so interesting. We'll have to do um, a reunion episode in five years and see how <laughs> we feel then.
1: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who knows, we maybe have decided to go in very different career paths at that point after getting through this. So.
0: <laughs> well, I hope not. <clears throat> no, we'll see. <laughs> no,
1: we'll be. I'll still be <laughs> right here in this chair.
0: <laughs> so I guess, you know, what things do you do at Asento that you feel are different than other agencies that you know? you know, what are your uh, specialties? I know cross-cultural makes you very different um, than mm-hmm. a general agency, um, but, uh, you know, why do clients choose you over other ones?
1: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, and again, I think coming out of this period of introspection where we did take advantage of the past couple of years to, to think about who we are and what do we bring and what's unique, and I think that a uh, it's easy to say we take a holistic view where we have a, a special form of collaboration. Uh, we have the right tools, et cetera. And yes, we've honed those things and we've focused on those things. But I think the thing that Ascento does really well is ask questions. Uh, and it's something I find when you're working with um, a segment other than the one that you personally belong to, uh, the only way you can get deep into something is to ask questions. Well, my team here, uh, the, the Ascento family is incredibly diverse. I mean, it's primarily Hispanic, uh, but we represent diversity across a number of other areas. And so a lot of the conversations we have when about building a strategy is how do we go deeper? How do we ask another question to get to a more uh, you know, a more interesting aspect of this consumer's Journey of their motivations of what stands in the way, and so I think that that's something that Asento does very very well is to humbly ask questions with no bias toward what the answer may be, mm-hmm. to let the to let the um, the consumer let the audience let the let culture guide us to the 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 right place rather than you know the the. <clears throat> um, it's easy to go in biased towards an answer, and you're just trying to validate toward that, but I think that we we very humbly take take in information, and I think that's uh what's kind of separated us and allowed us to take a more than a latino focused approach but a culturally inclusive approach to our work
0: mm-hmm. and it sounds like. Um, when you ask all of those questions and you have the right fit type of client is going to be someone that appreciates that and also Mm -hmm. gives you the time to to ask those questions to digest. And you're you're probably like, no, everybody's hair is on fire. Everything is due yesterday. But, um, you know, there's so many um, clients out there. We talk about, you know, the right fit client isn't someone that just tells us what to do. It's somebody that, you know, we can collaborate with and be a part of their team and and help drive the strategy and ask those questions and come up with those answers. So, that, that philosophy and that core of who you are probably really drives who the right clients are for you.
1: It's so true, because I think that it's, you know, yes, it's a business relationship, but we spend so much of our personal time in our in business that finding that, that cultural fit between two organizations and between the people that make up those organizations is incredibly important. We can't do things the way we do things if a client isn't interested in being a part of that. Uh, If we want to collaborate with them, there has to be some foundation on which we're building that relationship.
0: And
1: I think that's uh, when we're talking to clients and of course we're business, it's not like you can be super, super picky, but you can seek out the types of clients that are going to have an appreciation of diversity. That, have, that understand that it's more than just lip service and putting a couple of words in here or a, or a certain complexion in there at, at the tactical level, but that there's something foundational and that we have to be willing to explore that and, and look for the authenticity that it can exist within that brand, within that client's product or service toward the audience that they're seeking to engage. And mm-hmm. so, um, and I think we have to to do that in a way that's very, that has open minds and open hearts. Um, and it, uh, and so I find, think finding that client that appreciates that, that wants to do that truly is, uh, um, it's magical when it happens. And uh, <laughs> I think, I, I believe everyone wants to do the best, wants to do their best, wants to do what's right by their consumers. Uh, it's tough sometimes and so you have to have a true dedication to it. it has to be something that's i think innate to who you are as a brand
0: yeah well that's a really interesting one of my one of my questions down the line was how do you determine that they're a good fit that way that perfect client you know what kind of uh, questions do you ask in that new business process and how do you <laughs> figure out that 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 could be it that that could be that magic
1: <laughs> yeah you know that's a you know, we try every time we're starting to work with a new client is the the personal touch is important to us so we've reached a point where if we we ask clients when they send us an rfp to spend 30 minutes with us talking about it rather than just meet the date that they asked for their q a to be delivered etc and some will do it some won't if they won't it tells me a little bit about what level of partnership they're looking for uh, and of course, some, you know, there's always moments where, especially in a highly regulated space, they're not able to. And I understand that. But you know, having some, even the conversation, I'm sorry, we're not able to because of this and this. But here's how we will make up for that down the road. But uh, we've actually recently, um, actually just yesterday, I, uh, we walked away from an RFP after the Q&A because we found that they weren't open. They weren't even, they weren't answering any of the Q and A in any way that actually gave us an indication as to how to build a team for them, what proposal to put in front of them. Uh, And it's important to have communication. It's important to feel that our, the needs, our informational needs are validated just as theirs are. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, and to find that right fit. And usually through those conversations, you know, I have a friendly team of people and we usually end up having a really great connection with whoever we're on the phone with.
0: Yeah. well i I always say that you want to work with people you like. you know you want to like right. working with <clears throat> the people that you're with, not just mm-hmm. like what they do for you or the money that if right. you you want to like right. that relationship. but congratulations because I know that that is really hard. <laughs> And it once you've hard. even invested in that Q&A process, like even to get to that yeah. point where you're like, no, nah, I know we've already invested a few hours, a few meetings in this, we've talked right. about this, we've started doing research and we need to walk away. That is, it's so hard <laughs> from right. a business perspective to do that. So great job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is hard. I, I Yesterday, more of us, we were all in the office and I called a couple of my, my executive team in. I said, okay here's how I wanna respond to this. I just wanna make sure we're all on board because this is, it's the big decision to walk away. Um, Mm -hmm. Because there's always the what if, but uh, I think it's the right, you have to be, um, it may be a luxury at times, especially during a global crisis, but you have to be firm in who you are and, Mm -hmm. and where you're heading. And so, and don't let things pull you away from that direction.
0: Definitely. Well, and one of one of the things I was going to ask about was retaining your best talent because mm-hmm. um, like we talk about it a lot here. If we take in a client that's going to run everyone into the ground, that people don't like working with, that the work isn't right. great, that you just don't want to, you know, nobody wants to work on that client, you're going to lose some of your best people. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in a market like Buffalo, we don't have as big of a market. So you think about Like I think about where you are in Los Angeles and it's like, wow, you must have talent everywhere. Like you could just find somebody, right? But then also you probably have the challenge of there's a lot more agencies and there's a lot of other um, corporations probably trying to poach your best people. So, um, you know, how do you make sure to retain your best talent? What are some things that your agency does to just keep people engaged and love and life at Ascento?
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're fortunate that, uh, we actually just recently recalculated our tenure, and right now we have an average of a um, little over seven years wow. uh, tenure across our team. <clears throat> um, I think that you, we have a natural tendency to stay because uh, we do our work in a, in a in a pretty specific way, and there's a uh, there's a camaraderie among the team that people come to work here. Because they want to work with the other people that are here, and that's a that's a fortunate balance that we find ourselves in. Maintaining that over the long term uh, is, you know, of course, a challenge. But we we've established a certain set of values that are that go beyond the work, but they go to the human side of how we share a space and how we operate together, how we demonstrate respect to each other and respect the inputs from each of the. Uh, Expertise areas around the agency, Uh, and yeah, I think the rest. One with that foundation, the rest comes quite naturally. Uh, This is a team that wants to be together. And when we had to go into into lockdown last year, and we had actually this space I'm sitting in, we took possession of this space the day lockdown started. So we walked in, dropped our boxes, and then went home for for months and months and months. And I think one of the hardest things for this for my group was it you know, wasn't the, the familiarity of an office or the having the resources around you. It was it was the human connection with these people who were such a part of their lives. Uh, we um, we're a very diverse group, and the diversity just comes so naturally, and it's so appreciated that this kind of becomes a little bubble where. Yeah, you know, we can talk openly and straightforwardly about the things that are happening in the world. When Black Lives Matter movement was really coming to a head last year under just incredibly difficult circumstances around the country, this team came together and we held moments of silence by Zoom because we wanted, we couldn't think of anyone else we wanted to share this incredibly difficult and emotional moment with. And so our team came together, and at different moments, um, putting out a manifesto on API hate um, was something that came organically. Um, the uh, it's been uh, you know, this past year has provided amazing opportunities for introspection and growth, and this team was looked to each other to go through that together. And so uh, I'm I think I'm fortunate in that way that keeping my talent um, is, um, I have a little bit of a step up because they want to be together, Mm -hmm. but they have to have growth and everyone needs to be growing. And this past year is also during those moments of introspection, people have looked and said, what do I want with my life? You know, uh, if I've had someone who wants to live in the woods in Oregon, well, we've, we've encouraged that. And someone does now and does their work from there. And, uh, we've we've embraced what people need to grow and we look for ways to accommodate that here. And we also accept sometimes, you know, your next step in your personal journey isn't going to happen here. Uh, and we then have a huge send-off uh, for someone where we're wishing them the best. And we have a lot of boomerangs who come right back after they <laughs> go out and get that experience. We've welcomed... Um, two or three people back in the last six months. Uh, and so so I, I think we're fortunate to have that culture that makes us feel good about being here. And That's something that wasn't created overnight. Um, that, that's many years in the making.
0: Mm. That's awesome. I mean, that's really, in our business, you have to, the only thing we have are people. It doesn't matter if you have a fancy office or amazing furniture or super expensive computers. I don't know. Like you just, it's the people that make it and you can't do anything without them. So exactly. when when you hear about (laughs) these other agency cultures that like churn and burn people or people are working, you know, overnight and they never have time to have a life and they hate it and but they have to stay like it's like so disheartening when you hear about other agencies like that so that's awesome
1: there's some great life lessons to be learned in those environments um but they're ones where you you can figure out a better way to do things and a Mm -hmm. way to you know have a more civilized approach to your work-life balance or you know or to at least feel good about it when you're doing it
0: exactly so. Is, I think
1: that does how you feel about the work you're doing imbues the work with heart that doesn't may not exist there otherwise and and that's important to have that
0: exactly oh I love it I need to come visit us santo.
1: yes please do you know do. I'm a buffalo
0: girl I'm never moving to
1: us, but I need to I visit tried. you guys and come see you <laughs> I've tried to get you to move here but
0: <laughs> just can't I can't uh, with stop. zoom
1: I know we can we can <laughs> We can invite each other into our offices, into our homes.
0: Exactly.
1: Without getting on a plane. <laughs>
0: exactly. Oh, my gosh. Well, so I guess going back to, you know, working with clients, um, it's so awesome to hear about all of your people and, and managing people. But, you know, going back to, to working with clients um, and finding those right clients, you know, how does your background of, of working client side um, affect how you view your clients or how they view you? Um yeah. And I guess I I want to say, ask that because I have had over the years, many clients who will say, oh, I understand. I used to be on the agency side. And they'll say, I know what you're doing right now. And then they'll be like some of the worst clients you've ever had, because they're like, I know I can make you do anything. I know you'll just say yes. So you know some of the clients that have been on the agency side and then go client side. Sorry if anybody's listening that's done that, but you know, like I'm not saying all, but there's been a few doozies right. in my day. So how do you feel about going from client side to agency side and how that's all shook out?
1: You know, it's funny. I've bounced back and forth a couple of times in my career um, and I didn't realize just what a what all of the things that are attached to that, at least in perception wise, until I'd been here a while and they're like, wow, you Nobody goes from client to agency. You go the other direction. You must be crazy. Um, and crazy aside, I'll, I'll accept that. But the, uh, it's, um, it's interesting because I think it does affect the way. I mean, I had gone from agency to the client. So I was carrying that perspective with me on the client side. And there were things to be gained from that. There were There were things I knew from agency that helped the client be more productive and be a better client to their agencies. I think at a point my role was managing relationships with about eight agencies that most of those years I was there. Um, And that teaches you something about how to get the best from them and make them feel, create a safe space for agencies to do good work. I took that very seriously on the client side. Uh, I didn't realize that that was uncommon until I came to the agency side and saw that that's really not a common activity on the client side to create the safe space that makes your your partner agencies non-competitive with each other. Mm -hmm. My approach is, and I had this approach on the client side and I I try to remember this now that I'm on the agency side, is we don't need that, this doesn't need to be a competitive relationship when agencies are working together. There's always plenty of work to go around. And mm-hmm. if we find a way to do it that's respectful of each other with being focused on what the outcome is, the outcome is to, to help this, uh, our client improve their bottom line or move public opinion, I mean, it depends on our type of client. Uh, and even looking beyond that to the impact we can have on consumers' lives, on the audience that we're reaching um especially we're fortunate to have some clients that are really truly doing good in the world and so we're able to look beyond the client's objective to the 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 lives we're impacting in in the in the in the territories that we're serving and so uh, i think that one of the best things i learned on the client side is that if i created a safe space for my agencies to think and share and riff off of each other, I got better outcomes. And they were all treated fairly, they all got paid. And I try mm-hmm. to bring that to the conversations with my partner agencies, you know, when we're working on something. Let's just get the best thing out. Who cares where the idea came from? You know, our expertise is Hispanic. We know how to, to activate a Latino. You know how to activate whatever community you're you're responsible for or through the channel that you're taking a lead on. Uh, let's put that together and come out with something bigger. Yeah. And and so hey get you know, also life's too short to be so competitive and worried <laughs> about everything somebody else is doing. One hundred
0: percent
1: Certainly this past year or so should have taught us that.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, what do you when you're kicking off a new client relationship and you're brought Mm -hmm. in as the Hispanic agency and maybe Mm -hmm. there's four other agencies working on this business? um, It sounds like because from your experience, you have experience doing this and creating that space and not all agencies Mm -hmm. play well in the sandbox. Right. Um, And so, um, you know, how do you kind of take the lead to be like, let's let's work together, um, how do you kick that relationship off on the right foot?
1: Yeah, I think we try to not be threatening in our conversation. I mean, it's that we're here to make, to provide a certain perspective and we wanna do our best work, but we wanna do it in a way that your best work and my best work go together. turns into something more that one and one equals three, Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. And if there are four or five agencies, my God, what can we add up to together? Yeah, uh, you know, it's hard to get that I mean a lot of times people uh, you know another agency is not going to trust your motivation in 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 bringing that perspective to the table you know we're kind of trained from a young age in this industry to be very circumspect of, mm-hmm. of potent potential competition and of course the moment we say we're cross-cultural and that we do more than Hispanic and that we do speak English and we we reach into that audience that's immediately seen as a threat to a total market agency or a general market agency mm-hmm. and it's not intended to be it's intended to be the best the, the way to get to the best work uh, get to the best perspective for our client uh, to recognize there are certainly places where we intersect uh, where our, our segments intersect where culture and language intersects those are magical beautiful places in the work that we get to do there are just as many spaces where they where there's a diversion in the room where there's something unique that you we can't sacrifice the unique that makes something truly impactful for me and makes me associate to it for the sake of the intersection or the universal Mm -hmm. we have to find the balance between the two and you can't do that alone. You have to have the broader perspective and you have to value broader perspective. Mm-hmm. Put it all out on the table and then find, find where that, that truly moving thing is in the midst of it and then find the right way to bring that to life for each of your segments that you need to reach. Uh, and sometimes it rolls about up together and sometimes it rolls quite far apart to make it work the best way. And just being open to what, where that's gonna lead us
0: um that's really wise <laughs> um that's my gray hair
1: is coming out
0: i guess so well and i i think it's funny because in recent years i see that a lot more in rfps and what people mm-hmm. are looking for in an agency is you know yeah. how well can you work with you know you're not going to be our only vendor and um right. And you know what? How well do you work with other people? You know what's your experience? Because it's very telling when you get an RFP that says that, because you realize, oh, they've had this not work out. Like, yeah, like they've, they've had, had agencies problems. that <laughs> they butted heads. But yeah. um, it's funny because when I when we first met, is um, you were doing that. You had these agencies all in specific niches. And they were all coming together to work for you as the client. And you had what we fondly called the Don god! I was not one of those agencies. (laughs) I I didn't work for one of those agencies. I just knew you through the conference. But he had, um, Donnie had come to this conference and you had, um, you know, five or six agencies, people with you. And they all knew each other and they all had so much fun. And they were like, oh, I'm in the Don I'm with Donnie. You know, I'm Donnie's Hispanic agency. I'm Donnie's Asian agency. I'm Donnie's digital agency. And they were, we had the best time. It was such a fun conference and we had so much fun, but they, they all truly like got along, knew each other well, um, and, you know, seemed really like they worked well together. Um, so That was Kudos a good group. It's
1: a good group of agencies. We had a fun time. Um, I think we actually did a panel um, at that conference, putting them all up there and say, "How do you work together?" And I think one of the common, um, the, it, by the point that we were there, they'd been working together for a while, and there was there was trust, and there, you know, and it was uh, it was a very productive group dynamic playing out. But they all said during that panel uh, that when he at, when he put us all at the same table, and it, we all kept our mouths shut because nobody wants to give away something to this other agency there, and mm-hmm. and it took a while for people to realize that that's a safe space and that um, you having something didn't mean it took anything away from someone else and. So, uh, but yeah, it, it, it had worked out really well. And that was my, nice. I'd forgotten the entourage term. I didn't know where, I never knew where that came from, but it was funny.
0: Yeah. So. I don't know who coined it, but it was great. <laughs> and it perfectly described that crew. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs>
1: How funny. Yeah.
0: Um, so I guess, you know, one of the things that we talk about here too, with Pitching New Business and other agencies is. It seems like a lot of clients have opinions on size. So Mm -hmm. how big is your agency and and what do you, what do you hear based on that? You know, are you too small? You're too big. What do you, you know, what challenges do people see with, with your size?
1: It's, it's interesting. We're right now um, pretty slim, about 30 people uh, Mm -hmm. full-time here in L. and well, not just in LA, but between here and Chicago, uh, about thirty full-time people, and then I would say another ten that are that are contract freelancers that are you know close to full-time, uh, and then of course the, the broader bench. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, there are times where I have, and it sometimes it's in the course of one day. You have a new business meeting in the morning, a new business meeting in the afternoon, and you come out of the first one feeling you know kind of chest beating because they're like. Well, I don't know if you guys will work with us because you guys are so big. And um, and then we go into a meeting later in the day with McDonald's that are like, I don't think you're big enough to handle our work, uh, and, which is very discouraging. Um, you know, I think that finding the right balance and finding the connection to the right client, size client, I mean, it's nice when you you work with a smaller client who feels like you're, you're big and have great inputs and uh, you feel you get a little bit of a hero complex, I think, in those initial meetings. That dies off fast. But <laughs> uh, but it is tough to hear from a large client, from a national client, um, and that they they feel like you don't have the, the resources to scale fast. And that's usually the, the challenge. We've had big national clients uh, throughout our history. Uh, and and but it's still scary for a big client to put their faith in a smaller organization, and so the challenge becomes: okay, how are we set up to be able to service this level of client? And of course, in some areas where you know media planning and buying, you know there are specific challenges if you don't have to be able to move that much money through an organization into mm-hmm. media channels. Uh, there are some requirements of resources. Uh, Almost always you know, we're kind of at that, that tip to the next level size right now uh, where we, we know how to handle that we know how to get in there but it's hard to create that that trust even with a client who wants to give you the business and we've had that mm-hmm. where a, a, you know, a sizable client said look we've, we love what you've presented we love your model but we worry about this we need a company that can scale up to you a know, hundred million dollar buy. In the next three to four weeks, that's a big ask for a major multinational. It's a tremendous ask for a small company. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's always um, it's frustrating when you reach those moments where it's a type of work you know you can do and you can do well, and you mm-hmm. have the and you want to, but you know the stars just aren't quite aligned yet. Yeah,
0: and it's it creates that other problem of okay, that's it. Y- you need to fill a gap when you need new business, mm-hmm. right? Like in right. the pandemic, people go on pause and different things happen. Yeah. And you're like, I need to win new business. And then right. you win a piece of business that you're like, okay, now we have that problem of how do we, <laughs> how do we do this, you know, and yeah. how do we get there? And so it's, it's hard, you know, getting to that next level or getting that big client mm-hmm. um, and being able right. to scale up. Yeah.
1: Scaling is a, I think one of the biggest challenges i don't know if you guys are experiencing this in buffalo but yeah it's uh it the the labor market the the talent market labor is not the right word i don't know why that came out the talent market is really tight right now uh there's a lot of competition there are fewer people in the space uh works being divided out in very different ways Uh, Mm -hmm. there's competition for uh, you you made the point earlier that here in L.A. we have a lot of different agencies. There should be a huge talent pool. There is. But now with Zoom, I have to compete with Miami for my talent yeah. mm-hmm. and Chicago and Dallas and New York. Uh, uh, and with it, I have a team of highly trained multicultural segment specialists that are in great demand right now. So uh, scaling is tough. And this year... 2020, I prefer not to look back on. It. it was a really tough year for the agency, not just, you know, of course, the world as well. But um, I was worried about the agency. Um, and 2021 on the on, has been the pendulum swing, and we've actually had brought on ten new clients to our roster uh, just in the last four months. And so the the all the work we had done. Because scalability was one of our primary goals in the beginning in January, we set that as we have to grow, so we need to make sure we put in all the work on scalability before the growth hits.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, these past four months have been really challenging. Uh, that we put those points in place, but then the the talent market got so tight that it's really tough to get people in the door.
0: Yeah.
1: Fortunately, we have release valves in the form of, we had a really st- strong uh, contractor bench and freelance bench of people who wanted to come into the organization. Uh, our culture, that, that culture work that happened before uh, meant that the moment we started growing and talent who had gone on to other experiences called up and said, hey, things are kind of looking interesting over there. I always intended to come back and now <laughs> the opportunity. Uh, and so we've, uh, that's helped as well, because someone coming back who knows how things operate with you, knows who everyone is, can step in and be productive on day one. So, but yeah, it's, it's a challenge. And then of course, all the technology that makes our work move more smoothly is shifting constantly.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, th- it sounds like you were getting prepared for it, but your are the same things we are with hiring as it seems yeah. like everybody is. And um, that is definitely one of our biggest challenges is finding the right kind of people. So anybody uh, listening.
1: Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's an open call. Can we just put my phone number across the bottom of the screen?
0: <laughs> Send us your resumes, Donnie and Jill at gmail.com. We'll, we'll divide amongst ourselves. We'll share them, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, what do you see, you know, to wrap it up with a couple um, other things, you know, what do you see impacting your business the most in the next few years? Positive or negative, I guess. What do you, what trends are you seeing that you're excited about and not so excited about? Um, For the reunion episode, we're going to bring this back See right. <laughs>
1: well, you know, one thing I've learned, I think we've all learned in the last year is you can only predict so far. Um, there are so many things that are far beyond our control that will totally rock everything. And so I think that the biggest trend that we can embrace and uh, utilize to our advantage is that of flexibility and agility. Uh, I think we've all learned we we had to do that uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day. Now that I'm starting to commute again, I'm catching up on the podcast that saved onto my phone from last year. And I tuned into one that was recorded two weeks after lockdown started. Wow. Uh, and so the, these guys were suddenly recording from their homes and trying to find quiet places. And there, there was such a somber tone to it. And callers were coming in and saying, the, you know, we can only handle this for another week or two thank god it'll be over soon and we can go back to our regular lives and i'm listening to this you know 16 months on and realizing just how how hard of a transition this was for us in march 2020 but how we've we we learned something about ourselves along the way we we flexed we pivoted we found new ways to get things done and i think that that allowed us to keep going and that somber tone, the depression that set in on us last March, we found ways to cope with and to move forward. And so I think that of all the trends and we can look at technology, there's amazing things and media, there's amazing things. Uh, I think that any thing that supports our own ability to pivot at a moment's notice are the things that are gonna drive us. And that's not just as businesses, consumers are looking for that as well. They want homes that are equipped to be able to handle a broader piece of their life than what it was originally intended. And so I think that we're gonna see a lot of things over the next five years that are reactive to this, but proactive toward an unknown in the future and are we're gonna be preparing for something. And so I think that harnessing that is really an important aspect you know, for my business uh, here in terms of being a multicultural agency or cross-cultural agency, um, I think one of the biggest challenges for us is, um, you know, there are moments in history where we have, where the conversation around diversity, inclusion, and equity rise to the top. We toss it around a lot and everyone makes some commitments and then You know, two years later, we're like, wait, where did all that go? You know, where did all that investment that corporate America said they were going to make into the African-American, the Asian, the Latino, the LGBTQ consumer, uh, where did all those board positions for for women professionals go? Did did we deliver on what everybody said in the moment? Uh, You know, I think that that's going to be a big challenge is actually holding ourselves as a society and as a business world accountable to the emotional commitments that were made over the past year or so uh, and you know as a cross-cultural agency fighting off everyone who crowds that crowds that space over the coming mm-hmm. coming year. Um, I think a lot of people want to feel that they can take care of the multicultural consumer, the in language or in culture work by adding something on. And I think that misses something, a deeper resonance that can be achieved and that that community deserves. Uh, and so I think you know, it's just, I was saying, when it comes tying it back to the talent and the scalability Our biggest challenge often is we have to compete now with big multinational general market agencies who want our talent um, to be able to start tapping into that and so um, it's a it's great thing for you know as a recognition for the work that they've done but at the same time it makes you know keeping this going and growing this a little bit tougher yeah
0: well, I guess, so the last question I have to kind of wrap it up for anybody um, that is, you know, if somebody's new in marketing and advertising or just starting out, maybe they've just interned at their first agency job, <laughs> what advice would you give them, you know, looking back on all these years of experience? Um, would you tell them to run? Yeah, I think,
1: <laughs> run, <laughs> run fast. Um, you know, um, I think that this is, we work in such an exciting industry, you know, where you get to apply your intellectual side as well as your creative side, bring those things together and come out with something that's powerful and beautiful and can impact culture for years to come. That's the most beautiful aspect of our work. But I think the advice I would give, I think that attracts people. But we don't get to have that big, beautiful moment every single day. It doesn't mean that it's not coming. So I think mm-hmm. that the, you know, the stick for someone young coming in and the willingness to put aside maybe the instant gratification of something to learn something more deeply to have a greater impact in the long-term mm-hmm. uh, is uh, I think one of the toughest things to imbue in you know, people coming into the industry. Uh, and so I think that, you know, we all, each one of them has to remind themselves, why did I come in? Is that is that still there? Is it still achievable? And what do I need to learn to get there? And to be constantly, purposefully guiding yourself toward that next step.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're not as fancy and sexy as you see on TV. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, agency exactly. Business.
0: But it is a lot of fun if you stick with it. So.
1: But yeah, it's funny. I tell, I tell the team, you know, when we go to the client, the client especially clients who haven't worked with a lot of agencies when they think of bringing the agency you know there's a lot of cultural baggage that goes with that you know and the best thing we can do is to help them feel they want a team showing up to work with them that's smart fun and sexy and makes them feel smart fun and sexy and Mm -hmm. That's a lot of pressure on an agency to show up, you know. Um, I think even more after we've been working from home in t-shirts with shorts on, you know. Right. Uh, (laughs) uh, But it's still a wonderful industry. And there are, we get these little moments occasionally where we can really do something magical for society and that we all get to feel good about. And I think that's what keeps us here, you know, makes us come in the next day is, that those little sparks, those little moments where uh, what we do can truly be meaningful.
0: Yeah. Well, that was inspiring. I'm glad I kept that to the end <laughs> <It was> the <laughs> last question. But well, thank you so glad much, Daddy. I got something out. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so this... great
1: to see you, Jill.
0: This whole interview is amazing. I so appreciate you doing this. And I know that our our listeners are going to love all these nuggets of wisdom that you gave out. (laughs) Um, So thank Thank you you so much. much.
1: All right. Take care. Good luck, everyone. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Agency Scoop. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe so you don't miss a show. You can also find us on the Cypress North YouTube channel or follow The Agency Scoop on Twitter and LinkedIn. I'd love to hear your ideas for future topics. See you next time on The Agency Scoop.